Hello everyone and welcome back to the life of Riley. Today is a very very special episode. It is with a friend and colleague Josh Helmuth. Josh is the morning news anchor, uh, one of the morning news anchors at the station that I currently work at and it was such a blast to interview him and get his advice, ask him questions and just learn things and hear funny stories along the way. I will give a quick disclaimer. The audio on my side, on my mic, was a little wonky. I honestly, like, I'm not sure that my mic was even plugged in. You can definitely hear me. Luckily, I am incredibly loud naturally, so you can totally hear me. But most importantly, crystal clear is Josh, and he's really the one who's giving um, all of the advice and all of the wisdom. So with that quick disclaimer, please enjoy this episode of The Life of Riley. As they say in the biz, we're rolling. Um, lucky enough to call him a friend, I think, is what I'm is what I'm hoping he would uh, agree with. He's an Emmy award-winning journalist, currently uh, anchoring Good Morning Colorado at the station that I work at. Formerly, he's worked in St. Louis, Kansas City, Bakersfield, just to name a few places. He's been in the biz for a while. He's covered sports, tragedies, of course, the good news, too. That's some of our favorite to cover. He's a graduate of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. He's a mentor, storyteller, musician, avid runner, YouTuber, husband, dog dad, soon-to-be human dad, and most importantly, he's verified on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how he does it because I've applied like 16 times to be verified on Instagram. So that's a little bit about Josh. Please welcome to the podcast, Josh Helmuth. Do I get a round of applause? Yay! No. You get a round of applause for that. No, I'm totally kidding. Thank you so much that was, for being here. That, that might be the best intro uh, in the history of Josh. Was, I actually had to yeah. pare it down. I'm blushing a little bit. Not I mean, lie. it's oh. impressive. I'm, I'm, and I'm super impressed you got the rule tied in there. Oh, yeah. You know your stuff. Oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not messing. You have the elephant on your desk. Yeah, I do. You're right. Like I'm yeah. not messing around with yeah. the, with the Bama. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, Josh, so we could talk about a lot of different things. As you can tell from the bio, um, you obviously, we share a common career. However, you have a lot of things going on. You have a lot of life experience. You have a lot of hobbies mm. and interests. Mm. Um, but I kind of want to ask you a little bit about what we have in common with, with the news business. Obviously, you've been doing it a lot longer than myself. Not to date you, buddy, but you've been doing it <laughs> a lot longer than me and you have a lot of wisdom. And I just kind of want, I just want to start out by asking you, um, I'm only a few years in and I talk to my friends that are also reporters and we feel like is it worth it question mark <laughs> like is the pay worth it at mm. what point do you decide like you know how have you been able to stay the course and get to where you are now and won't speak for you but at a place that seems really great like where mm. you're, you have a bit of a balance how have you been able to stick this out man um uh, lots of Hail Marys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> lots of drinking. Yeah. No, totally kidding. Um, man, so the only reason I got into this business was because um, I, I wanted to be point guard for the Chicago Bulls growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from Arthur, Illinois. Um, Michael Jordan was my hero growing up. I wanted to be point guard for the Chicago Bulls. You know, point guard for the Illinois fighting Illini would have sufficed. I was convinced that was going to happen. <laughs> but no one told me. You know, everyone tells you growing up, hey, you can be anything when you grow up. Dream you, can, you can dream big. You can be anything. But then no one tells you how hard you have to work to be anything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, uh, I was not going to uh, play point guard for Lakeland Community College, let alone the Chicago Bulls. Okay. So, <laughs> I go to Alabama, right? And I'm like, well, if I can't play sports... Uh, if I'm not good enough to play college sports, maybe I can cover them. I'm like, hey, there's a campus TV station, a commercial TV station on campus with with pros at mm-hmm. that. Cool. Let's do that. I switched my major immediately from psychology to communications. Psychology. I was a psychology major. Interesting. I made that my minor, and you've now you've co-anchored with me, filling in for the past couple weeks. Yeah. Have you noticed that I kind of psychoanalyze everything? Well, I was gonna say actually, this makes sense because you're such a you're such a people person. You're such a yeah. you're such a people reader. What I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I psychoanalyze everyone, probably unfairly and inaccurately, but I try. I, I've always been fascinated by it. Okay, so. Yes. Uh, so I go to Alabama, right? Uh, great school for for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The whole reason I chose TV news, and I, I dabbled in uh, newspaper. I did like one article. Okay. Dipped my toe. I DJed uh, quite a bit. I DJed at the local radio station, two stations actually. 
Uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Wow, yeah, one was cool. for a classic rock station. I know. Oh, that's so up your alley. That, that's was so not, cool. that was not the campus station. That was the commercial station in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. That's it was so one cool. summer. But I'm like a young college kid. Do I really have that classic rock voice? Yeah, I, you I mean, do. not really. Oh, not really. Yeah. I was, I'm sure I was terrible. Uh, called some basketball games on the radio for Alabama, and I thought I was pretty good at that. But I just felt drawn towards the art of storytelling. Yeah. And growing up watching Sports Center, I'm like, that's that's what I want to do. I want to be on Sports Center mm-hmm. someday. You know, I want to be a, a sports anchor. I uh, get my first job in Columbus, Ohio, reporting and producing for a website. They moved me to Los Angeles. Housing crisis happened in 2008, 2009. I got laid off after a year. I'm like, well, do I really want to go work in a small market making nothing after I've lived in L.A. for the past year? And I've made a ton of great friends. And uh, I decided to stay another four years. I was a part-time youth pastor. I was a sports editor for a website. Okay. Uh, did some commercials for fun. I had a commercial hey, agent. Oh yeah, you, you can you find you can find a Josh Helmuth Cheez Its commercial on YouTube somewhere. Wait, that's big. Oh, it is. It was fun. That's was fun. a big commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bojangles. Have you ever oh, been to the South? Bojangles yes. at a Bojangles spot. Oh yeah, it was fun. I uh, did some musical theater. I'm a musical theater nerd. I did some musical okay. theater in North Hollywood. You know, just having fun. Yeah. And then I realized in my late 20s, I'm like, you know what? I really need to set a specific career path. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe, I don't know, use my degree that yeah. I'm that at the time I was still paying for. Okay, let me ask you this. Sorry, I just want to <laughs> take take us back to when you're, you get your first job out of college, you move across the country, and after you get laid off, you're kind of figuring stuff out. I mean, that must have been a little anxiety inducing, like tell, like speak to the people right now Mm. that are young and maybe they've lost their job due to COVID or they're changing their career path. And they're like thinking like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Well, I think it's okay to change career paths no matter at what age, as long as you do it responsibly Mm -hmm. and with, with a clear focus and a plan. Okay. Yeah. Right. You have to have a plan. And at this point in my in my twenties, I'm seeing people that graduated the same time as me who are one was a weekend anchor in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other people. One was a sports anchor in Mississippi, and I'm like, you know what? Um, it looks like they're on a good path. They're using their degree. Yeah, and, they're and doing so, it. And so, and I just saw a lot of people in Los Angeles trying to do what I was doing, and. You know, I didn't want to go to uh, seminary and become a pastor. That's the only way to move up from being a youth pastor. It wasn't really my calling, although I, lo- I loved being a youth pastor. Yeah. Um, and then if I wanted to be, you know, a commercial actor, you could, you know, hopefully move on to doing guest spots on TV shows and whatnot. And I just, I've always loved theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to make it in Broadway or, you know, have regular guest starring roles on TV shows, you have to have some luck. Yeah. You have to be really good. Yeah. Which I'm not sure I was. I'm sure, I'm <laughs> and, sure you were. And and you have to do it for a long time. Yes. So I, I, I had made friends at, at that point in L.A. who were getting regular guest starring roles on TV shows, but they were like in their 40s and 50s, and they'd been totally. doing it for 20 years, and they didn't have a family. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. do I want to be in my 40s without a family, still going out to auditions all the time, or do I want to use my degree because at the same time, you know, I, I love many different things. I love music. I love acting. I love news. I love, you know, the church. Yeah. Um, that, you know, different churches I've been a part of. There's I have many different interests of which I would be very happy with, uh, with a career in, right? So I'm like, well, if I can be just as happy maybe being a sports anchor someday, why not do that? Because I think there's a clear path as long as I put together a plan. I know it's going to take a lot of hard work. So yeah. um, I applied. So it, to answer your question, too. You know, again, I got fired, you know, technically laid off, but still fired. Right. Yeah. You lost your Um, job. Lost my job. Yeah. And, you know, partially my responsibility for sure. Partially it was probably just the economy. Yeah. You know, they had to let someone go. Um, But I would say if if you lose your job, don't let that moment, that situation define you. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely had a questionable work ethic coming out of college. You know, I worked hard. But could I could I have worked harder? Yes. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. was I putting in forty hours a week? Yeah. Yeah. Some weeks, maybe thirty-five. Sure. You know? Sure. But, Save a little but, lunch break. You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, laying by the pool. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't. You know, I should be working. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. I know what happened. But uh, could I put in 45, 50 hours a week some weeks and like really gone the extra mile? Yeah. And sometimes if you want to be super successful, you have to do that. So. Amen. After I lost my job, that when I you know got fired. Um, I told myself, okay, you definitely have to take partial responsibility for this. It's, okay. I knew it wasn't entirely my fault. 
I had really great friends who affirmed to me, you know, you shouldn't question your work ethic necessarily. But I wanted to make sure that whatever job I had after that, I would never even question my work ethic. Like if mm. I was going to get fired, it wasn't going to be because of that. I'm in my 20s. So if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if you're in your 20s listening to this, just listen to this. At one point I had five jobs, I think. I had oh five jobs. Uh, five part-time jobs at the same time. I was a part-time youth pastor at two different churches, so there's okay. two jobs. Okay. Um, I worked at a podiatrist office part-time. I know, foot doctor. Oh, my God. Because a girl's mom from my youth group, she was the office manager there, and they needed help. Okay. Dr. Case, Dr. Wong, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> that was in Burbank, California. I worked for them. Uh, part-time commercial actor. Um, I did some musical theater, which paid a little bit. Not much, but... I'm surprised you... That's pretty good. That's professional, <laughs> I, though. It was not. I, I mean, mean, if you're getting paid, uh, that's tiny, what that is. Enough for your gas money, right? That's good, though. So there's five. Oh, so six jobs. And I detailed cars on the side. All to see if I could essentially figure out if I wanted to make it as an actor in mm-hmm. L.A. or become a youth pastor. Because I loved both those things, yeah. you know? And so by the time I hit 27, 28, I was like, okay. Let's put together a plan. I started reading a ton of books. So I'm reading all these books, putting together a plan. Um, this is also important if you're in your 20s or if you're in college listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I'm 28. I'm 28 years old. When I decided to get back into broadcasting, uh, I started applying to stations all across the country. I applied to about 60 jobs. I got one offer <laughs> to be a sports guy in Maryland, tiny market, and it paid like... You don't know how bad it paid. It was like 20-something. Oh, man. It was. Oh, man. I'm like, uh, sorry, man. I got to pass. Yeah. I wouldn't even pay for my moving expenses to go across the country. Uh, I got a job offer out of Bakersfield, uh, and it's pretty remarkable because I remember it was uh, the, the job description was up for a long time, and I'm like, I printed it out. This is when I actually printed things out. Yeah. And, um, MapQuest. Yeah, MapQuest. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I actually threw it in the trash because I'm like, ah, oh, this, this, this one, this job was posted like two months ago. And I looked at it. I remember this is vivid. Mm-hmm. I, I would not have met my wife if I wouldn't have made this tiny decision. True. Butterfly effect. Yeah. I'm looking in the trash and I'm like, oh, you, you know, you, screw it. You never know. Yeah. I pick it up out of the trash, uncrumple it. Christy Jesse's the news director, KBAK Bakersfield. Got it. Okay. Morning reporter. Got it. Okay. Send her, send her my real email. Within the hour. Hey, can you drive up for an interview? Loved oh your reel. What? So I get the job. I'm there a year, meet my future wife, Joanna, a year later, I moved to Kansas City, St. Louis, now I'm here. A lot of tenacity, a lot of focus, I had a plan, Mm -hmm. and although it took many years and many Mm -hmm. steps, I eventually became a sports anchor in St. Louis. Yeah. So I did it, a top 21 market. Yeah. Did it, Uh, you know, loved it. Yeah. So have a plan, stick with it, don't get discouraged, you may have to apply to 60 jobs, don't take it if it pays $26,000 a year. That's good. that's that's the truth, people. You gotta, it needs to at least pay twenty seven. You got to pay bills. So tell me, why did you decide to? Once you've reached the pinnacle, if you will, you're the sports anchor. You're in a top twenty one market. You're in a great city. Why not stay with the sports? Why did you switch to? A, for I kind of said it, but Josh is the Monday through Friday morning anchor. So he's like the main guy. He's, he's the guy <laughs> with Bryn Carmen with Bryn Carmen. She and Josh, yeah, she's not a guy. She's I'm not a guy. Yeah. You're the main guy. She's the main gal. <laughs> um, the schedule. Mm-hmm. So I discovered that, you know, and it works for some people. It does. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I promised Joanna. So we're in Kansas city. We got, we got married like a month after we moved to St. Louis, we had been planning our wedding in Kansas city like yada, yada, yada. So we're, we're getting ready to get married. And I promised her, I'm like, listen, and Kansas City, by the way, is a lovely city. Yeah. It's a very underrated town. You love Kansas City. We like, <laughs> we loved Kansas City. We really did. St. Louis is a lot different than Kansas City. It's, okay. it's a lot different. A lot different culture. Just the city, the way it's set up is differently. The politics are different. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, they have a lot more challenges in St. Louis, which you may be aware of, mm-hmm. you know, with what happened in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but, but the sports are awesome. The sports, the beer, uh, the food, St. Louis has a lot of great things going for it. Totally. Um, so, you know, there are some things we didn't like about St. Louis. There are some things we loved about St. Louis. The people there are awesome too, but what it boiled down to, and I grew up a Cardinals fan. Okay. I grew up a Cardinals fan. I'm, okay. I'm from a small town between St. Louis and Chicago. Grew up a Cardinals fan. Got to meet my childhood idol, Ozzie Smith. Twice. Well, three times. 
interviewed him one-on-one twice. So, I mean, it was remarkable. Yeah. Um, I'm in the clubhouse with the Cardinals players, you know, in a stadium that, you know, I can't say I was little when it was built because it was the new stadium, but essentially in a, in a stadium, I grew up going to games in. It was, yeah. it was, it was crazy. Massively awesome. cool. It was massively cool. Yeah. Love that. Um, not sure if you've read the love languages book. Mm-hmm. I believe is it called the five love languages the five or something? Love languages. Yeah. yeah sure so, have. so we read that when we got married. Um, I'm a typical, typical guy in that I'm a physical touch words of affirmation, man. Sure. About a tie there. Yeah. Joanna is uh, acts of service and um, quality time. Ah. So when you're a sports anchor, what's your schedule? Yeah. When, when do the sports ball happen? <laughs> uh, nice when do the balls yes. be thrown, yes. as, as it were? Nights and weekends. Yeah. Right? So I'm working nights and weekends. I had Mondays and Tuesdays off. You know, lo- I, I loved the job. Uh, was not good for us. Totally. You know, it was really hard. It, you know, because we moved to a new city. We don't know anybody. Joanna's at home on a Friday night by herself, like oh, watching yeah. Netflix, ordering in pizza. Like it just, you know, it got old really fast and the schedule didn't work. So and I promised her, I said, hey, if this doesn't work for us, yeah. you know, the only reason I'm in this career is to become a sports anchor. Mm-hmm. And I finally got this amazing job. And, you know, who knows if you kick butt in St. Louis, you could easily jump to a sports network. Oh, totally. Easily. So I'm like, this could be, you know, I was like three months in and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself. Sports network thing isn't going to happen. It's just, it's just not, it's not, if, if it's not happy for my marriage, then what, what's the point? My marriage comes first, you know? Preach. <laughs> Love that. And you know what? And that's okay. Yeah. I was fine with that. And so I lived up to um, my word. And, you know, after like a year, I already started looking into possible morning anchor jobs. Cause I'm, listen, I'm like, I think I'd be a good morning anchor. I think you can, um, a lot of sports anchors, Make the move to morning anchor. So I'm like, I think I need to switch to news. And I love it. I actually love doing this even more than sports anchoring because although I love high school football, mm-hmm. there's only so much high school football you can talk about. Yeah. You know, although I love covering the St. Louis Cardinals, eh, not all pro athletes are kind. Yeah. <laughs> you know. To say the least. Uh, yeah. And now I get to connect with my community more. I get to you know, tell stories and, and read news that's of more substance. I feel like my stories, they matter more yeah. to more people. Yeah. What I do matters more now. And I love my schedule. That's the most important part. I'm Monday through Friday. I have my afternoons off. I can make dinner. My wife comes home. We hang out and we have, we have our weekends free. I worked yep. weekends for five years. Yep. I have to, I have to ask how much more fulfilled are you as a morning news anchor now given that you did do what you set out to do and you tried it and it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, you know, like I think a lot of people, what I guess my point is, is like people shouldn't, people shouldn't not pursue their dreams because they're not sure, you know, is the schedule going to work, whatever Mm -hmm. you did it, you tried it, been there, done that. And now you can sleep, sleep easy at night knowing that you're not missing out on anything. You're exactly right. And I, 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 and I really have no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. Um, Get that tattooed on your forehead. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've, d- I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. I have a lot of passions. Mm-hmm. You know, I love playing guitar. And I used to be a songwriter. Was I very good? Probably not. I think but so. But my friend helped me put together an acoustic EP 10 years ago. Oh, and so I did that. I did, I did some musical theater. Was I average at best? Probably, you know, but now I know, Yeah. now I know yeah. where my, now I have no regrets. Cause I can say, Hey, at least I tried it. I did the best I could. I was the best of, of which I was be capable of becoming, I believe. Mm-hmm. And same with the sports job, you know, like I didn't end up at a sports net- network, but you know what? I was a sports anchor in essentially the largest market close to my hometown and covering my, my hometown team that I grew up rooting for. That's so cool. And I can say that. And, and now I, I think, I think the point is have, have a focus, have a vision, have a clear plan, but be a little flexible and be willing to pivot a little bit because your happiness is what's most important. And also, you know, while the schedule matters, you know, and I'm not a, a terribly money focused person, but once you get married, once you want to buy a house, once you want to have kids, money does become important. You know? I am super money focused, Josh, just for the record. <laughs> I got that feeling. I yeah, mean, I mean uh, your walls are painted green. Um, 
did, Benjamin Franklin is tattooed on my ass. Yeah, what are yeah. we going to do? I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Ben Frank as your license plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was kind of freaked out. But, you know, it, money, money, money matters when you don't have it. Yeah. Right? Wow. When you, when you don't have it, it really matters. Yeah. So I don't take it for granted. And at the same time, I don't want to be greedy. But when you want to have all these things, when you want to get married, have a house, have kids, it matters a little bit. So that being said, that was part of my decision too. Just a small, the most of it was the schedule, right? Spending totally. time with my wife. But Quality but, of life overall. Yeah. yeah. But but uh, typically, and I'm not going to speak for everybody, not even close, because I don't even know what 99% of people make. But typically, a sports job does not pay as well as a news job. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to do sports, everybody wants to do the fun things, yeah. and so they can lowball people, you know. Because more people apply for that job. I had a news director tell me one time, she goes, uh, "Josh, when I put up a, a position, this is several years ago, so it may have changed." But she goes, "When I put up a job for a news reporting position or a news anchor, I get dozens of resumes mm-hmm. and reels. Mm-hmm. When I post a sports job, I get hundreds, yeah, hundreds." Yeah. People love yeah. people love sports, and also I think too um, on the on the money train here. Yeah, news makes more than sports, but anchors make more than reporters, and mm-hmm. pretty significant. Which makes sense, you know. The anchors, for people that don't know news terms, the anchors are the main people that you see sitting at the desk. The reporters are the people mm-hmm. out and about doing yeah. stuff, and so also in news, this is my opinion. Josh, you tell me what you think. Longevity wise, even. In the number one market, New York, right? The reporters are still making significantly less than the anchors. I mean, you're going to be making more money, but if you're if you're if you're in it for the money or money's important, anchoring is going to be more lucrative than reporting almost yeah. anywhere you go. It appears to me that that being a reporter and making a substantial income is incredibly rare these days. I'm yeah. not saying it doesn't happen, but you would have to be at the same station for decades and probably have a ridiculous list of Edward R. Murrow words under your belt yeah. and be like a Boyd Hoopert totally. out of Minneapolis yeah. or uh, Chris Vanderveen out of KUSA in Denver. There's yeah. that, just two off the top of my head of storytellers I admire, some of the best in the country. And I, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to know what they make. I don't know. But considering how long they've been at those stations and the um, expertise they have, how they're masters of the craft, I really hope they're being paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. Unless you're one of those types... I mean, it's really hard. I had a, I have, I shouldn't say had, I, I think I can call him a friend. I haven't talked to him in like a year. But <laughs> Hello, he, are you still my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Richard, uh, are you Richard, listening? Richard, yeah. uh, no, Richard's super cool. Richard Sharp. He's an awesome guy. He's an old colleague of mine from Kansas City who is a uh, reporter anchor in Sacramento now. Okay. Incredible person, incredibly talented. And I talked to him uh, about a year ago and he goes... I always tell kids or, you know, young reporters, we, you know, we call, you reach a certain age, right? You hit, you hit 30 rally and you just start calling people kids. Yeah. They're like 25 and you're like, Hey, what's up kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he tells the kids, um, while it's important to, to get reporting experience under your belt, mm-hmm. I think that's pivotal. Try to start at least start filling in, start anchoring as quickly as possible because it, I, I do think reporting skills or writing skills as paramount, but unfortunately the only way to be able to make a decent living in this business is to become an anchor. Unless you're like a Boyd Hooper or what have you, right? Like yep. I just mentioned. So, and, and do you have to be at a network? Not necessarily. But, um, yeah. So, Richard's point was, you know, when you're an anchor, you just get treated more fairly. Yeah. Whether that's with your schedule or pay. Um, you know, you need to be a trusted leader in your newsroom. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't fake your way through it. People yeah. will see right through that. Yeah. Um, so you need to be authentic. You really need to know what you're talking about. You need to have a passion where you connect with your community. So I think that's something that you need to consider if you want to get in the business for TV news is, yeah, try to get some fill in anchoring experience as soon as you can. And then kind of have that vision and see what you love. See if you fall in love with it. And if you do, I would highly recommend becoming an anchor someday. <laughs> well, I think you said something. I think you said first. Yeah, I agree with the whole anchoring thing. I personally... I like anchoring better. I think it's more fun. I think it's fun to to um, not carry a show, but like, I guess. Like it is a, more fun. Be a part of a show start to finish. For yeah. me, I think anchoring is so much more fun than reporting. It is a lot more it's fun. It's a great time. Yeah. Also, 
best two weeks of my life that Bryn's been on vacation. I hope you enjoyed Italy and all of Europe, Bryn, because the schedule's so it's it's like more fun. You come in, you're not schlepping around in the field and the sneakers. Yeah. It's like you're wearing your nice clothes, you're wearing your heels, you're yeah. like helping people, and you're still contributing. And you're 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 anchoring, and it's more fun, and and I like it. But I think you said something really interesting. A couple of things here I want to dive into. You talked about. You got to be authentic. People are going to, people will be able to see right through it. I think if you are not in Colorado Springs, you don't watch Channel 13. Rude. Watch the live stream. (laughs) But um, I will just say quickly something really unique about Josh with his anchoring is you know, like, you know who Josh is when you watch him anchor. And the person that you see, like when he's anchoring, that's how he acts. That's how he walks in the newsroom. Good morning, everyone. Says hi. Like asks about people's days. Makes goofy jokes. Loves sports. Like loves to run. And like those are the things that you hear about and you see on the news. And of course, he's buttoned up when there's breaking news and there's something serious going on. And of course, it's not all like fun and games. But you, when when you watch Josh, you feel like you're friends with him. And for me, I'm not a news director. I'm not a boss. But if I were a hiring manager, I would want the, the audience watching. Because to be honest, here's something about TV news, guys. I feel like if I need to look for a job in the future, I'm just going to send in this podcast. Send him, send in this episode. Because <laughs> Will you be a thing. reference, Riles? I would love to. People watch TV news, whether we like it or not, is somewhat of a dying art form of how people get news because they can get it on Twitter. You tune into the local news, especially the morning news, literally because you like the anchors. Honestly, that's why most people will watch it because they want to start their morning with people that they feel like they're friends with and that they like. And so having an anchor who is likable through a camera is so important. And so, you know, it's this, and it doesn't hurt if you have hair as great as Thomas Carroll. <laughs> That's my life goal. <laughs> How much of your stick with me on this question? How much of your authenticity is authentically who you are, and how much of it is your uh, is you being cognizant of the fact yeah. that you have to be likable yeah. and and have a connection with people through the TV? Okay. Talk about this. Here's here's my honest, authentic answer. Yeah. Give it to me. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Don't lie. I could lie to you. You could. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've really had to work on. Um, and I am hyper aware of like any second I'm on camera of, of what my hands are doing. Like mm-hmm. how I'm sitting. Am mm-hmm. I sitting up straight? Like am I giving a look on my face? I'm, I am painfully hyper aware and every time I'm on camera, I'm thinking, is this, I'm kind of in my own head a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of like, am I, would I give this look if I wasn't on camera? Mm-hmm. Would I be having my hands like this if I wasn't on camera? So I do my best. I, I, I maybe, I think I'm still trying to master it. I think you've mastered it. For the I record, don't know. For the I don't record. know. I think I'm still trying to, um, but that's something I think about constantly uh, because I just want to be myself. I want to be my best self. I want to be my best professional self when it's a, you know, a story in which I need to be profesh. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, when I, when I can shorten words like professional and I can be goofy and just say profesh, yes. you know, I can be a little goofy and I'll try to be a little goofy. But, um, I, I do think I have, uh, improved so much, not, not just in the three years I've been here, but just since I was in my early twenties, good Lord. Yeah. Um, somewhere. And I think that it's all deleted off the internet. Thank God. <laughs> but, uh, my first reels uh, my first reporting when I was like 22, 23, yeah. you know, I would be out at USC football practice. Hey, what's up, guys? Josh Helmuth here at USC. I'm talking like this. I'm like bouncing on my heels, and you will not believe what Pete Carroll had to say. That's I literally, incredible. I literally had I someone. I would post it on YouTube, and someone would literally just be like, using the Lord's name in vain, saying like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. And and then I had, I, I don't have an agent anymore. Um, that's on purpose. <laughs> we can talk, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I represent myself. Hey, I had an agent several years ago tell me, and he was a good guy, but it's actually his, um, his assistant agent, for lack of a better word. I yeah. Know, she was really nice. And she goes, you know, Josh, you know, bring the energy, but not too much energy. 
because mm-hmm. they knew I was prone to that. And mm-hmm. I was, and, and in my defense a little bit, um, I've grown out of it some. I was super ADHD in my 20s. Okay. Teenage, teenage Josh and 20s Josh. Yeah. I would alienate some people because we'd be, be, be uh, playing volleyball at Manhattan Beach and I'd be like Maverick on steroids. Totally. Like totally. way over the top. And yeah. it's like, I'm a little too much for yeah, some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've grown out of that a little bit. So, but, but even then, you know, I've toned it down. Mm-hmm. But I felt like when I was in St. Louis as a sports anchor, I was so hyper aware of, of my ADHD tendencies I toned it down too much. And mm. so now I'm not authentic, Josh, because now I'm now I'm acting too mellow. Yeah. And I can be mellow. There are times when I'm mellow, but totally. you know. So when I'm when I came here, I'm like, okay. Not only do I want to be more authentic and try to be myself, my real the real Josh on the desk, but I also want to be with a real Josh, like in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. I felt like once I took this job. Um, and actually I felt like this in Kansas city too. When I was a dayside hard news reporter, I felt like maybe I'm a dayside hard news reporter. So when I come in, I got to act like, you know, I'm serious. Yeah. You're investigating. Like, this yeah, guy is small. You you're going to find out what's and, happening. And I was afraid to like make jokes. I know that sounds really silly. Cause you know, they're just your colleagues. You're like hanging out in the newsroom. It's a great point. But can, cause I knew a guy I used to work with who was a news anchor and he was just, you know, I can't really describe it very well, but he just seemed like the prototypical news anchor. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Why can't I be the news anchor and, 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 and talk about tragedy, right? Because you need to. A very and, real part of the and, job. And, and, a part of, and a part of me is a serious person. Yep. But I also like to have fun and be silly. And so when there's time for that, you can, you can be that. It's okay. You can be a walking contradiction. I'm a news anchor and I'm also obsessed with punk rock. Yes. You know, I love Newfound Glory and the early November and Rise Against and Blink-182 and Sum 41. I could name bands all day. I wanted to talk about if you want to get in this business, you know, there's, I feel like there's some people who are in it for the wrong reasons. Let's talk about that. <laughs> You can spot and, that and from so, a mile away. If you're in it, you can spot it from a mile away. You're right. If you're you, in the you're business. absolutely right. Yeah. Um, there's an anecdote. Hopefully I'm using that word correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are. Um, I think you're about to tell me. Yeah, one. there's a story that, that, that may have happened in real life or it may not have happened. I don't know. It may be urban legend. Okay. But if even... Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it still rings true. No okay. matter if it if it's urban legend or not. So someone told me the story years ago. Uh, there's a professor at Syracuse, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best journalism, especially broadcast schools in the whole country. It was like a one-on-one level class. Walks in, asks the students, "Who here wants to be on TV?" Of course, many students raise their hand. Yeah. He points to the door and says, "Get the hell out of my class!" Oh my god, harsh SOS. <laughs> I would shit my pants. He goes. He goes. You are a journalist first. You're a journalist first, your writing comes first, and if you master those skills, then you're just a journalist who happens to be on TV. Yes. And that always stuck with me. And again, I don't even know if that really happened. If you're listening to this and you went to Syracuse, you know who this might be. If this is even true, let me know. Uh, Feels true. (laughs) Feels true. So, so, but even if it didn't happen, even if it's, even if it's just urban legend, I love the sentiment, right? Yeah. Um, so getting to another point. Yeah. You know who Jeff Foxworthy is. Absolutely. You might be a redneck. Might be a redneck if. You might be in TV news for the wrong reasons if. You want to be an anchor immediately with no little to no experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've seen this. Mm -hmm. I know someone who's been incredibly successful as a news anchor and they didn't even know what logging a package meant. Oh my God. Now, if you're in the business, that simply means when you do an interview, you take note of where the time code is for where you want to cut the bite, the sound bite, yeah. right? Um, I mean, every, you know, 18-year-old reporter at a campus TV station knows what logging your package is. Yes. People were like, it blew their mind. How are you an anchor? So my point is, that's just, not, that's just one tiny little example, but and if you want to be a great anchor, you know, you really need to know the ins and outs of what it takes to be a reporter first, of what it, it takes to produce a great newscast. Because if you're an anchor, you really need to be a leader in the newsroom and a leader in your community. And you need to be authentic, not just for the people that are watching you or the people in your community, but how can you um, build a great show if you can't even be a great storyteller and a great writer? Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So, yes. And, and there are people in this business, they just want to anchor. They just think you're like a host. They want to read the words on the screen. Yes. Yeah. And there are people, unfortunately, that think, and I have friends who are like, well, people are just telling you what to say. No, that's not true. Now, we have producers who write, but I go in 
and I copy edit everything. If there's mistakes, yep. I put it in Josh speak yep. to make it sound more like me. Yep. Uh, I will add or retract details as needed. I have the final say. And when you say storytelling, people, the, the whole newscast is a story in and of itself. And if there's something out of place where you're like, you just think this doesn't really... This doesn't really flow in yeah. the story. This you'll you'll move it. You'll and my like, co-anchor Bran is great at that. Yeah, and Bryn is so good at it. It's it's a it's a it's an art for sure. Okay, please keep going. You might be in TV news for the wrong reasons if I got to use my Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, my accent. Okay. The accent. Um, you have no passion for news or storytelling. Mm. Okay. Huge. Again, a lot of people think you want to get in this business because it looks fun. When I was a hard news dayside reporter in Kansas City. I, I have a passion for it, so I, I enjoyed it, but that's the hardest job I've ever had in my life. A lot of responsibility. You cannot F up. Nope. Yeah, people's, people, it was really heavy. You do really heavy stories, and people are counting on you to tell the facts correctly. And you're doing it by yourself. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah sometimes. Yeah. Fortunately, I had really good management, really good photographers we call videographers photographers in this yeah. business for some reason we do. We do. um camera can you use cameramen yes they were phenomenal um so you know you really need to think about whom you're covering are you compassionate for them or are, are they empathetic these people are telling you sometimes tragic stories they're confiding in you yes and they're counting on you to tell their story that's, that's a, true i i take that as a huge responsibility yep okay so are you being compassionate compassionate or empathetic when you're telling the story? Or are you too busy taking selfies? Mm. That's a telltale sign. That you is, know what I mean? That's a great point. You know, are you focused on your writing or your natural sounds in your story? You know, trying to put together a good TV story that's going to air? Or are you like seeking validation from viewers in the comment section on Facebook? So true. You know? Are you spending too much time on TikTok? So true. That's okay to have a TikTok. Oh, hell yeah. I personally don't have one. But Go follow mine, you guys. I have a TikTok. <laughs> it's okay. Just find a balance. It's so true. You know what I mean? Like, your job matters. So are you are you passionate? Are you more passionate about doing TikTok? Or are you more passionate about telling stories well, that matter to people? Here's the reality. If you just want to be on TV, there are much easier ways yes. than being a TV news reporter. Yes. It is a hard gig. <laughs> I think it's really interesting what you said. Like, are you passionate about the news? Or are you passionate about being a storyteller? And I think it's important to be honest, and I've kind of talked about this on my podcast before, so if, if a listener has listened before, they'll know this about me. I would say confidently, I'm passionate about storytelling. I would totally say that about myself. I love the feature pieces that I get to, even today, Air Tanker, whatever. But <laughs> my favorite part of the day is writing my package. That's great. I love writing my package. To be honest, I don't love shooting. I don't even love editing. Understandable. That much. Understandable. Yeah. I love writing my story. Well, that's a really it's good. It's my favorite part of the day. That's a really good sign that you might have chosen the right career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think too, when you say like it's you're a journalist first, quite literally, you guys, our day, eight out of the nine, eight hours and forty five minutes of our nine hour day is not on air. It's writing. It's gathering the story. You get like five minutes to like barely touch up your makeup and then you're mm -hmm. on air for right. like 90 seconds. Right. When you're if a reporter. That, yes. When you're a reporter. Yes. Yeah, not an anchor. When you're a reporter. So so getting in to be a TV news reporter to be on air, yeah. you don't look cute all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you're out in the elements. And I, I think what I've learned at this station, and it's actually something that you've helped me learn, um, is that there's, there's places for different kinds of news reporters. Just because you don't love city council passing a new ordinance doesn't mean that you don't love news, mm -hmm. right? Like sure. there's, there's. Sometimes you can find a beat. Yes. And you can focus on that beat. Yes. Yeah. You have to be uh, competent and willing to cover whatever mm -hmm. is, you know, is asked mm -hmm. of you. But I think that it's really important, like being a good writer, enjoying writing, enjoying talking to people. I think it's amazing what you said. You take it, it's a big responsibility to have these people's lives mm -hmm. because every single time you interview a person and put them on TV, for you, it's just a day at work. For them, it's the, maybe the biggest event of the year. The, you're 100% correct. And when I, maybe not necessarily a hard news story, but a feature story, or maybe it is a hard news story. Yeah. You know, you never, but if it's a story, when I was, when I was a reporter um, full-time, I still, re I still do stories. I still report here and there. But when I was a reporter full-time, every story I did, it didn't matter if I was uh, doing a story about someone's dog who did something amazing mm -hmm. or maybe someone's child was murdered. 
or maybe it's a really touching piece because someone overcame cancer and now they're running a marathon. No matter what kind of story I'm doing, I felt it to take it upon myself to tell the story in such a way when they watch it, they are going to love it so much. They want to keep it as like a family heirloom. You know what I mean? Oh, they can I like they can like download it and like show it to their kids someday. Oh my god, I or, love that. Or or if it's a hard news story, you know, you know, maybe it's it's a really hard story so they don't want to rewatch it again, but it makes a social impact, right? It does a that. it does a good job where it, it 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 inspires people to get involved or help out this family. Yeah. It's I, I every story I did that I do, I see as a big responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I have, a, I have a third one, Riley. Your Instagram. If you want to post a bikini pic, you're on vacation, that's okay. Right? If you're in the gym, you're pumping iron, you post one picture, you're like working out, that's okay. Yeah. If like half your Instagram is that and it's selfies, a little bit of a pink flag, maybe not red, but a pink flag, you may be in the business for the wrong reasons. Yep. You know, I, yep. I'm not being super judgy. No, it's true. But a little bit. It's so true. <laughs> because, because if you want to be taken seriously as a journalist, you know, don't you want to at least put your best foot forward publicly? And again, you can be in a swimsuit or at the gym or what have you, and that's totally fine. But when it's, when, when you're, <laughs> when that's like a third of your Instagram and that seems to be mostly of what you're posting, it's like, okay, well, what's your approach to your job if yeah. if you're being a little thirsty yeah yeah well and i think i think josh it's interesting that you 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 say that i think let's say in the last i hate to sound like a grandmother but in the last 10 years there's kids these days the kids these days Hey, I'll post I'll post one bikini pic here and there. Yeah. Hey, you know listen, what I mean? I'm all for a good thirst trap, but I've explained this to us before. My thirst traps are of my face, not my body. First of all, my body would not be reeling in anything. Second of all, I just I'll do like a I'll do like a neck up photo, you know? That'll be my yeah. like that'll be my yeah. thirst trap. But I think in the last ten years, the rise of social media reality TV, so many people think, and I'm not even gonna lie, I've totally had this thought. Maybe I'll take this part out. <laughs> Where, like, they think that any form of notoriety television is a path to social media fame, mm. brand deals. You know, I think that I think that journalists 20 years ago that didn't have social media, where it didn't matter how many followers you had. And to be honest, it does, like, you're not... You're ve- I made a joke about it, but like you're verified on Instagram and Twitter and it's because you're on TV and you have a, a, a legitimate presence and a legitimate... It's not because of my biceps. It's not... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's... That, that's, Those that's deltoids are a little subpar. <laughs> the traps may have something to do with it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I think that people can very easily, and I, I don't fault them for it, I think especially especially young women can really conflate the idea of being on television in general as some sort of path to something greater. Yeah, and you know, and if you want to be a uh, uh, social media ambassador or uh, a social media brand, uh, an influencer, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. Yeah. I just feel like you need to be very careful if you want to try to do that and be a journalist. Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible. Like I said, I called it a pink flag, not right. a red flag. Right. It's not impossible, but you have to be very careful. You have to be tasteful. And yeah, just try to put your best, no matter what you're doing, put your best self forward. Yeah. You, know, you got to be taken seriously as a journalist. Well, and I think at least my rule of thumb that I always do is like, I'll post a selfie. I'll post a selfie at the desk or whatever. I'll post something fun, something silly, whatever. But at the end of the day, the work comes first. And if it interferes with the work or it oversteps the work or it overshadows it on a serious day, it's a no. Right. It's like those things can happen and you can find a place for it. And I think that people that say there's no place for it, I think they're wrong too. I think the people that are like, you can't post a, a picture doing a peace sign on the desk. Yeah. I think that's BS. Yeah. I think and, you totally can. I, I, I try to avoid cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It's very easy to do. <laughs> and so I try to stay consistent in my beliefs across all different uh, you know areas. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think maybe that's part of the walking contradiction that I encourage. Yeah. You know, hey, you can be a news anchor. But you can post a silly selfie too. That's totally. okay. It's completely you know? fine. I think it's just making sure that the work comes first, yeah. and it doesn't interfere with the work. Yeah. And if it does, then then you got it. Then you got to make a choice, pick a lane. Yeah. yeah. But so if you if you are an influencer or you want to be an influencer, that's okay. But if it starts to conflict with 
you know, the community or, or, or some stories you would possibly do, well, then you might have to choose. Totally. You may not be able to do both. Totally. And you might be happier doing the other thing anyways. I yeah. mean, it's so, yeah. it's, yeah, you just got to do, you just got to do what's right for you. I, th- I have a theory. Okay. That if, that if you stay in this business more than three years, mm-hmm. you're more likely to stay in it long term and you're also more likely to find success and be happy. Because I feel like I'm totally making this number up. Okay. But I feel, I feel. I'm coming up on three I, right now. I okay. feel, Riley, I feel, I feel <laughs> that about 75% of kids coming out of college who enter this career, they're out within three years. A thousand percent. So, and, and, and that's okay. If it's not for them, I mean, look what I did in my, in my 20s. Yeah. I was working six different jobs at yeah. one point. So I get it. But, you know, at least, you know, you found out it's maybe it's not for you. Maybe you found out it is for you and you become wildly successful. But um, it's it's a really hard career to stick in, uh, just to stay with it. You got to have that tenacity and that determination. But, you know, if you're talented and you have a passion for people, yeah. for storytelling, for telling their stories, yeah. um, that's going to, that can take you a long way. I truly believe that. And I'm sold... I'm, not, I'm in the middle of it, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not. I haven't got to where I in, eventually end my end game yet. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's a very, it's a very difficult. Um, it's, it's not an easy job. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not an easy job. It's not easy. It doesn't pay a lot. You don't get holidays off. You miss your family. You're yeah. literally inevitably moving all around the country to places that you wouldn't otherwise be in. There's a lot of sacrifices There's in the beginning. There's a lot of sacrifices, yep. but I do think. At that three-year mark, I mean, and not to make, I'm not sounding like, oh, I'm so great, but after I'm done with my time here, I will have done three years. And I think at that three-year mark, you can have slightly more choice about where you go, what you do, slightly more leverage with negotiating a little bit more money or a little more time Mm -hmm. off. And then it does start to get, um, I won't even say easier. I have a theory about you. Uh I think people might look at you and your job and they might be like, oh, that looks like so much fun. That looks so easy. (laughs) He sits on TV. He says the news. He makes a couple jokes. He meets people in the community. House smells of rich mahogany and leather bound books. Yes. He makes a lot of money. He'll host a charity event every now and then. And, you know, it's, it's great. And I think, I have a theory. I think... Just because it comes naturally to you doesn't mean that it's an easy job. I will say I do think that this job comes more naturally to you than maybe other people may have to like uh, try a lot harder to be likable on television or good talking to people one-on-one or whatever. But I think swimming up... My dad used to tell me this. My dad was like, Riley, swim upstream. Mm -hmm. If you're naturally good at something... Go with that because it's going to put you ahead of so many other people without, I mean, you, you, mean, self, you, 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 mean, you mean swim downstream, right? If you're swim, oh yeah, sorry. Swim if you're swimming downstream. upstream, you're oh, going sorry. against the current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> My dad always said, don't swim upstream. That's what he was saying. Yeah, he was yeah, saying, swim yeah. downstream. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. I'm really growing out of my ADD. 10 years ago, I totally you missed were that. Really, you were really paying attention yeah. there. And he always said, he's like, Riley, like if you like, you know, he's like, Riley, you, you could be, you know, a doctor. You could, you totally could. You're totally smart enough. But if you're not naturally good at science and whatever, there's a hell of a lot of people that are. Let them be the doctors. Go on the path that you're naturally good at. And I think you are very clearly on a path that you're naturally good at, but it doesn't mean that it's an easy job. And I think that I think that even other reporters in the field, other anchors that are like, oh, well, you know, whatever. It's like you're just naturally good at this. And so, I don't know, I think you just make it look really easy. <sighs> Well, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the goal. The yeah. goal is, to, I guess, to make it look easy, yeah. right? Well, I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you. Um, I, I think uh, we love quotes. You and I love quotes. Another reason I think you could be my sister. We're a lot of. Oh yeah, I got quotes all over this apartment. <laughs> Work hard, dream big, stay kind. You cultivate inner beauty. You do. Oh yeah, I got okay, signs you, up everywhere. I think you love quotes more than I do. I love. Yeah, I, I love. I love quotes. the John Wooden quote. He has several. Okay. You know who John Wooden was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basketball coach. Yep, for yeah. UCLA, uh, the goat of basketball coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, "Failing to prepare is preparing to fail." So when I decided to get back in this business, I had matured a little bit. Remember, I, I tried to read as much as I could. And, you know, again, I tried to 
always read on, um, you know, how to become more of a people person. Mm -hmm. You know, there's books on that. Yeah. Um, there are books on how to become a better writer. Um, there's a guy, there's a friend we call Grandpa John, um, and John Trimble. He has a PhD from UT Austin. Uh, no, sorry, PhD from Berkeley, but taught at UT Austin wow. for decades. Uh, copy edited books for uh, Justice Scalia, the U.S. Supreme Court. He is a legend in the English profession. He's 82 years old, still reading books on how to become a better writer. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I think it's important. You're, it's important to always keep learning, always keep reading. Uh, make sure that you're, you always surround yourself with smarter people than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I always try to take good advice from mentors. And um, maybe maybe that's why it looks easy. Because I come in, I try to be prepared. I try to always improve my writing. Um, I, I try to recognize my flaws and I try to work on those. But yeah, if, if, if you know, the job shouldn't be 100% easy. Otherwise, you'll get bored, right? Totally. Like, how is that totally. fulfilling if it's just easy every day? I would every get bored. Yeah, totally. No, no day's the same. And there are days when there's breaking news and it's really hard. And, you know, maybe you have to go out and shoot a story. And I actually have a whole summer series I have planned. I told my boss I'm going to go out and I want to shoot everything myself. I want to edit everything myself. It's called M.M. Jang, multimedia journalist. Bane of my existence. (laughs) Sometimes. I sometimes I like doing that because I, I keep, it keeps my skills fresh. Yeah, you know, and I, it's also part of my only child syndrome. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I do everything myself. Don't play I with others. Don't touch it. But no, I thanks for that. I, I guess you know I would just say maybe it looks like that. It's not, but it looks like that because I'm always trying to stay prepared. And some days I'm more successful than others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just can't tell you how much truly, and I've told you this privately, but I'll say it on the pod. I think you're a huge inspiration. I think you have so much wisdom to impart on not just younger people, but all people that you work with and interact with. And I think that I 5,000% see in action everything that you've discussed. I see the authenticity. I see the real love for news. I see the desire and commitment to a life balance and not having work be everything and, and prioritizing your wife and your and your wife is pregnant, which is very exciting. You're about Woo, to have a baby. I know, I'm going to be a dad. You're going to be a dad. You're already a fur dad. You're going to be a human <laughs> dad. And I think that, um, I don't know, I just, I think that, I can see every day when you come in and you know the stories, you ask the questions. How many times, I can't tell you how many times a week I hear Josh say, hey, did you guys see this? Like, I saw this crazy thing. Like, is this in the show? Do we have this? Like, do we have more information on this? And it just, you know, you're not resting on your laurels and you're always working to be better. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast because I just feel like you, I learned so much from you, whether you're really intending to teach or not, you're kind of always just teaching through osmosis just living your life (laughs) and um i just think you have a lot of a lot of cool stuff and i'm excited to see it's hard to like because you seem like such an like a a big kid like such an adult and like your life is so together i'm like this has to be it this has to be the pinnacle but like i'm excited (laughs) to see what else there is in like 20 years because i'm like this is it he can't get any better he's got a house and a wife and a dog and a job